Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? The week has been pretty, pretty good, pretty low key. You know, it's Mardi Gras week, so that's been good. Although in Georgia, it doesn't even feel like Mardi Gras. I see on my timeline people that went to Zulu Ball last weekend, people that went to the parade today, and I'm sure that people went to the parades all weekend before today. And people in Louisiana are having a really good old-fashioned time. But here in Georgia, it just feels like another another day, another week. So, hmm. So it's been pretty status quo. I mean, I, I literally cannot complain about the week, uh, but there's nothing really excited, exciting that's happened. I know that our last week's episode, I've gotten quite a bit of backlash about last week's episode because people think I'm living my life only based on um, tarot card readings for some reason. I, people go so extreme with this. Y'all, like we do this. For entertainment. And I think that, you know, Kim Allen has, you know, definitely has a gift. And I think that there are a lot of people that do what she does that has a gift, but that does not get negate the power of God, right? That does not negate our beliefs in Jesus Christ. And I think that for some people, it's like a <gasps> clutch your pearls. Oh my God. You're, you know, you're this extreme person now. Ah, you know, all I can say is, calm down. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. But other than like people reaching out to me about that, nobody's really came for us, you know, on, you know, on the, on our, on our platform. So that's really good. Now I did watch the Super Bowl on Sunday, y'all. And we're not recording on Sunday like we usually do, but you know, all I have to say is Usher did the damn thing, right? He really did introduce the world to Atlanta. And I say what you want about people's high socks, how much weight they've gained, people's pitch and all this stuff like that. But Usher himself was on point, okay? Was definitely on point. And I love the fact that he literally said, you know what, I'm gonna lead up to this. Like I see that I'm doing good in this Vegas thing. So after the Kiki Palmer thing went viral, 
I'm going to increase the price of these tickets, right? I'm going to really see who coming to see me. Increase the price of these tickets. He said, hmm, I'm getting shows selling out. Let me add a little bit more shows. Let me add more shows. So he sells out of those. And then he gets the Super Bowl invitation, right? He's like, we're in Vegas. I've been the king of Vegas for the last year, right? Because I've had a residency here. I'm going to kick off the Super Bowl. But not only are they going to announce, hey, I'm going to be performing the Super Bowl. I'm also going to announce, hey, I'm not going to tell you, but I have an album dropping soon. So the anticipation was already like building, building, built, right? couple days before the Super Bowl, this had to be what Friday morning, he drops the album, right? The album drops. Of course, we all go, ah, we go download the album, right? The album is amazing. I don't care what anyone says. That's a good album. And I think that it was a great precursor to the Super Bowl, which was a great precursor to, hey, I'm going to have to hit y'all with these uh, these tickets. And mind you, I had access to pre-sale tickets and I was like, I just saw him, right? Like I literally just saw him like last October. I'm not about to pay this much money to go see Usher again. I ain't going to do it. But what happened was, what happened was that new album dropped, right? Because I thought I was going to go see the same performance, but he said, no, 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 it's new music dropping also. And I said, wait a minute, this album is good, good, right? Like good, good. This is good. And then the Super Bowl happened and I was like, oh, I can't wait. Let me get in my app. And the app said, "Uh uh-uh. We gave you early access, you slept on us. So now you got to wait for the general public, right? General public tickets went on sale. I'm telling y'all, when I looked on the 9th, the tickets were reasonable, okay? Like you could get like front row seats for like 800 something dollars, right? It wasn't a big deal. You can be in the first level, like the 100s level for like, you know, 400 bucks. It wasn't that, that big of a deal. But after the Super Bowl, he said, my price just went up. My price just went up. And I knew it. I said, ah, he did too good. You went in there, y'all. If you wanted to sit on the floor, he said, you're going to have to pay $5,000 to do it. Now, in the A, you're going to pay $5,000 to do it, right? If you want to be on the 100th level, you're going to have to come out of pocket $800. If you want to be in the building, you're going to have to come out of pocket $400, right? So this is not for the, the people scringing and scraping, okay? This for the people that's a planning people. Either you working, you making some coins, go see Usher. Now, I did realize the price of tickets, if you went to San Antonio or Dallas, you could still be on the floor for $800 or $900. But if you want to be in the hometown in the A, <laughs> you better bring the coin. You better bring the coin. But you know what? I, I, got, me, I got my tickets. I, I got my tickets. Yeah, I'm going back. In the A in October. That's all I have to say. So that is the good thing that I did. I did this week, Janine. I bought I bought Usher tickets. Yeah, I didn't buy Usher tickets, but I like I don't know. I think if it's not like a spur of the moment kind of thing, I don't know that I'm gonna buy tickets. I think I'm jaded a little, but like Usher and his performance made me absolutely consider. I don't know if I'm going to do it, though. Like, I literally was staring at the TV. And then, you know, um, one of my friends that I grew up with, Aaron Spears, he passed away this year. He was Usher's drummer. And he left the drum. Aaron's drum set was at the at the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh. So let me tell you something. Before he even before he even sang one note, I was like, oh, this is the thing. So it's really something to be said for someone who 
you know, most people don't know who the drummer is, right? Like most people don't know anyone except for the headliner and maybe a dancer or two, right? Like the drummer typically is not the, like the star. And if you ever met Aaron, you would know that he is probably one of the most humble people that you would have ever met. Right. And for Usher to do something of that magnitude for him, it was just so freaking amazing. Like, oh, okay. But yes, his performance was amazing. And then the cameos, let me tell you something. When her came out playing the guitar, it gave me like Prince Sheila E days. Like it really was just giving the vibes. And I really can say like, you know, Beyonce made the lights go out. I do remember that. And, you know, I am old enough to remember when the Justin Timberlake and was it Justin Timberlake? It was Justin Timberlake, right? It was Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Is that mm-hmm. who did it? So I remember when that happened. Like, it was so long ago that, like, that's not even a thing anymore, right? Like, it was a moment in history, but it's kind of a blip at this point, right? I can honestly say that I really believe that this year's performance and last year's performance was were the best performances that I can think of. Remember last year was Dre and I was like, okay, this is the thing. It was giving us 50 years of hip hop. And this year, like it was going to be difficult to top last year, right? Like it was just an amazing performance celebrating a, a, a monumental moment in history for hip hop and music in general. And I'm, I gotta tell you, Usher did it. Like I was like, Oh, I think the performance is going to be good. It's kind of going to feel like what it felt like in Vegas. And it was, it gave the feeling, but what he pulled off was just, it was spectacular. Like I loved it. I I have no complaints. You know what I didn't like though. And I tell you what I didn't like. And it really just, it really pissed me off. I did not like the fact that Beyonce dropped her album during Super Bowl. I didn't like that. I actually absolutely hated that. I'm not going to lie. And the reason that I hated that was because I felt like you just had a moment. Like we just came off the Renaissance tour. Like we literally just came off of it. Right. Why could you not let Usher have his moment? It's not like every Super Bowl, there's a black person performing. I get Rihanna performed last year. She was pregnant, so it was a little underwhelming. We excited that she announced her pregnancy, but it was a little underwhelming. There wasn't really anything going on. But, like, Usher had the momentum, right? Like, we have been rooting for Team Usher. Usher had been had gone through so much in his career, and this is his, like, comeback. Like, let's be real. This is Usher's comeback. He hasn't had an album forever. And even the residency is, like, all old hits that are, like, back when we were, like, in high school, college, right? Why not? You knew he was performing. You knew the buildup. And you had to go and try to drop your country album during the Super Bowl performance. And listen, I love Beyonce. Lord knows I do, right? I love Beyonce. But I just thought that was a very unsupportive and tacky move. I felt like, could you not wait till Monday, the next day to drop this? You had to drop it during the Super Bowl. It wasn't because Taylor Swift was there. She was getting too much attention. Was it because Usher was getting too much attention? Tell me exactly why you had to announce the release of your album. Why during the Super Bowl? I mean, talking to my really close friend, like they, people are turned off by that. We're like, why does she? Why does she do that? And she's not getting all of the buzz that she probably would have gotten if she would have waited until, let's say, Valentine's Day to drop your new album. Like, why? That looks sort of like hating. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too extreme, 
but it just put a bad taste in my mouth about 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 the queen bee. It's like, dang, you the queen bee. You don't need now more money. You done sold your three thousand dollars seat tickets. Like, why you not let this man have his private flowers? Why? I don't know. I didn't like that, Johnny. I'm gonna get off of it though. Get off of it. So, so yes, I kind of felt like it was a little weird. However, when the first commercial dropped, the part that that annoyed me the most is when the first commercial dropped, the album needed to have dropped. Because I I looked for it when the first commercial dropped and there was nothing. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then you drop it at night. I'm like, eh, it's not, that, like I wanted the cadence to feel like it was just organic and it didn't feel like that. And you know, Beyonce and her camp and her husband included, I will say this, they typically have this, this cadence of like, it almost feels like manufactured perfection, as I call it. Um, but last night, it didn't feel like that. It felt almost like we were fighting to be relevant. And I don't necessarily like that either. Um, but I'm actually interested to hear what the country Beyonce sounds like. I'm going to download it. I'm not going to download it now. I'm a Beyonce fan. Y'all don't come for me, but I'm not a, I'm not a stan, right? Like, I'm not a part of the beehive. I'm, that, that's just not me, right? Like, I, I don't know that there's anything that I'm going to stand in line for or pay an exorbitant amount of money for that's not Jesus, right? So, like, I know it sounds crazy, but it's just, it's a thing, right? Like, she puts her pants on the same way that, that I do, right? Or puts on her skirt or, you know, she might not sweat as much and she might have flawless makeup, but, like, it's great. But, like, you know, we there are things that are not always the best. She's still human. Right. And I like, I appreciate when things are not always manufactured perfection. However, in the moment that it was supposed to be last night, I would have preferred that it was a little bit more succinct. Just me. Um, I'll listen to the album at some point, I guess. Um, but yeah, we could have just let Usher have that one. Well, as Ken said, we probably trying to get stung by the beehive. We love Beyonce. We love her. But this was a shade. She she threw shade at Usher. This was shady. There's no way you can you can make it not shady. She was trying to steal the show. I'm just saying. Let me know how the country album is, girl. I don't I don't really like country music, so um, you know, my, like my like like uh, my friends say, "Ooh, you got ears." I do. <laughs> I, I I definitely do. I am not. I, I'll do some jazz every now and then, maybe classical because. You know, my ex-husband used to do like conducting and stuff like that. But I, I really have is you're not gonna hear me listening to, to jazz in the car. I'm gonna be listening to hip hop and R and B in the car. Cause I need to get my mind mentally prepared to go into work some mornings. So um but let me know how the country album is. If it's more like country R and B ish, then yeah, maybe I'll download it. But nah, not it's not the country for me. Anyway, before the beehive comes after us, um Janine, how was your week? Um, it was great. So this weekend we celebrated our amazing producer and my awesome husband. He had a, a monumental birthday and I know him and he's probably going to cut out what I'm about to say anyway. So I'm not going to tell you how old he turned, but I will tell you that he had a monumental birthday and I hope that he had fun this weekend. Um, so that's what I did. And um, we went to New York to see Michael Jackson and it was great. We had fun. Um, and guess what, Nicole, guess what I have. 
Hold on. I have to actually show you. Do you see that? Do you see what that is? Oh, you got the table. <laughs> it that is a, good, good. <laughs> it doesn't have a stitch of chairs around it, but there's a table there. So, yes, Kim was correct. It was on its way when we had the episode with Kim. And, yeah, I have a dining room table now. Now, I can't sit inside a dining room table because I don't have not near a dining room chair. But I do have a dining room table. Um, so yeah, I have, I have been celebrating Ken and putting together furniture, which by putting together, I mean, calling my best friend and having her help me put it together. Cause you know, shout outs to Bryn cause she's awesome. And yeah, I wouldn't have a lot of furniture put together at this point if it was not for her. So yeah, that's what I've been doing with my week. And I'm like, you know, have you ever gotten to the point where you're like, you know, I just really enjoy being home. Like, I'm an outside girly. I will say that. I like to be outside to, like, socialize and, you know, bring to fruition what my first grade teacher put on my report card, that I'm a social butterfly. I like socializing. Now, do I like people? And do I have, like, you know, social anxiety? Yeah, I have all of those things. But I still like to be in the company of others, right? But like these days as I get older, I just really enjoy being home. So if you want to see me, feel free to stop by my house. Well, let me say this. Shout out to Ken for his birthday. Happy birthday, Ken. All right. So, Janine, what is on our timeline this week? Okay, Nicole. So finances, we all know. I don't know how many times we've even talked about this on this podcast. But finances are a very large part of our lives and specifically our relationships. And with social media, it's really starting to feel like it's the focal point of relationships. And let me be very clear about this because there's a specific kind of relationship that we're talking about today. The, we're not talking about marriage. That's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about fiance, like engagement. We're not even talking about long-term committed relationships where children may or may not be involved. You know, we're not talking about any of those equations, right? What we're talking about today specifically are people who are dating, dating relationships, casual dating, even a little more serious dating, but dating relationships where you are still trying to figure out if you actually really like this person. Those are the kinds of relationships that we're talking about today. And I'm saying that for a very specific reason. So this topic actually came to us from Jennifer, who goes by Baby Ghost 115 on TikTok. And this is what she said. I'm dating a broke guy. And it really, really sucks because he has the best personality, hands down. I have so much fun with him. And but it's like it's gotten to the point where right now I'm not doing as financially well as I normally do. So in the past, like we have taken trips, but I've paid for the trips. I've paid for the hotel. I've paid for the rental of the car. If we've been to concerts, I've paid for the tickets. He does what he can when he can, but he doesn't do enough you know what i'm saying but he does what he can when he can but it's gotten to the point where it definitely sucks because i'm not doing as well financially i can't afford to do things for two people i can't even afford to do things just myself right now so 
because I can't afford to do things for two, we actually don't do anything. We haven't done anything. Like if I'm being for real, for honest, like in September for my birthday month, he did, he does celebrate me around those times though. He does celebrate me around the holidays. He does celebrate me around my birthday, but yeah, it's been October, November, December, January. So for the past four months, me and him, we just been like sitting ducks and yeah, it just, it sucks. Like, it's crazy. Cause I don't think like, I feel like females come on online and talk about like, look what he bought me. Look what he got me. Look at where he took me. It's like the ones that are dating the broke men. We don't talk about it, but it's like, no, I mean, I don't know. There has to be like a conversation about it. And it really sucks because I feel like it's kind of getting to the point where if I'm not the breadwinner or if I'm not, if I don't somehow make my life lead me up to making income for two. I don't think that I'm going to be able to be with this person. And it just really sucks because it's he, like I said, he has like the best personality hands down. So I'm on here to ask, what do I do? And don't be too cold. Like, don't be too rude. You know what I'm saying? Because I had my narcissist ex-boyfriend who made way more money than I did. And you know, that wasn't the answer. Like, so it's like, where is the common ground? Like, and obviously I do have a little bit of fear. Like if I stay with him during this whole time and I continue to help out, is he going to just walk away when he does better? It, it's just, uh, it's so scary. It's so crazy. Cause it's like, I really, really like him. And I really, really, really like, don't want to like not be with him but at the same time too like i'm too effing old to do this like i've already spun around this block a few times now we all have questions because we meaning nicole and i we had questions right so she did answer some of them and in some follow-up posts so my first question was does this man have a job because She's talking about how, how he's broke. And, you know, my first question is, does he have a job? Yes, she said he has a job. And then my second question was, and Nicole, I'm sure this was yours as well, is, well, is it a good job? And she said, yeah, he has a good job. A great job, as a matter of fact. Um, she said, but there's a lot of debt that he has, right? And so my question, my follow-up questions were, well, the, is there some sort of plan in place? Like, is he trying to pay himself out of debt? Is that what's going on? And she said that there's not a plan in place. She is sure that there is no plan in place, right? So she actually said that he, basically she said that she thinks that he has some bad juju. So I had some more questions. I said, does he have anything that he owns? And she basically told us he owns a house in a follow-up follow message. So he owns a house, but you said that you're sitting ducks. I was a little confused. And then I was like, well, what's going on? And she said that, like, I just told y'all, she said he has some bad juju, like bad luck. And she, she knows, like she made this comment about how she knows um, that there's inflation and she knows that, you know, things are more expensive now and life is harder. And, you know, but she said that it's just like, all kinds of things are happening to him. And she thinks it is because he doesn't pray. And I said, okay. And, you know, that makes sense. But again, that's, 
why are you broke, right? Like there are plenty of people who don't pray, might not even believe in the Lord and they still not broke. So I have more questions. I said, you know, the other question I was like, has she had this conversation with him about this money, right? Because he might just be like, hey, like, I just want to lay low for a second. And she said that they have talked about it, but she feels like she's nagging when she talks about it because it's bothering her that much. So let me tell you something. I think, I think that one of the most accurate things that she said in this uh, post was that women go on social media and they brag about what their man has done, how he spoils them and gives them gifts and diamonds and really expensive handbags and takes them to this place and that place. And no one gets on the internet talking about their broke man. Right. So yeah, no one's going to get on the internet and tell them that you're broke either. Right. Like you're not going to go on and be like, guess what y'all I'm broke. No one does that. No one highlights the, the, less fortunate moments because for whatever reason we've somehow uh, glamorized being overindulgent and the actual real story is not considered a great story so yeah people are going on the internet and they're giving you what we call a sizzle reel they're giving you the highlights of their life no one wants to tell you the boring mundane parts of their life like i'm not talking getting on this podcast talking about how i have to wash dishes like i'm not getting on the podcast talking about how i have a pile of laundry that needs to be done i'm not getting on this podcast and telling you that like you know you you don't tell the like weird mundane moments because nobody wants to hear it it's not exciting but like the part that I don't understand is people are really out here believing that some people live every moment of, of their day in this in the lap of luxury. And that's not true. There's a work that needs to be done for you to make said money to live in the lap of luxury. And if you are making said money any other way, and I'm not talking about people who were born independently wealthy or who have residual income that makes them money while they sleep. All of us do not have that pleasure, right? What I'm talking about are those people who are hardworking, nine to five, or maybe not even nine to five. Maybe they have, you know, overnight shift. Maybe they're blue collar. I'm talking about those people, Right. They still have very abundant lives and they're probably happy and have happy families and, and are, are living their best lives. It's just not this overly extravagant life that we've been led to believe that everyone lives on social media. I would venture to say that if you, if you think that someone's life is too good to be true, it just might be. Okay, but I digress. So it seems like Jennifer is frustrated because she is concerned with the wrong things. She's concerned first and foremost about how much money he makes. So first, what is his mindset like? Like what's going on with him? Like you're saying that he has a great job and you said that he's the nicest person. Um, but it's it's weird. You say he has a great job, but he's broke. Now, is he living check to check? Is that what's happening? I mean, she's talking about how she has to, when she brings something in, she has to sell something and she can't afford. She talks about how she um, wears strip lashes because she can't afford to go get her lashes done. And, you know, she had, this was her first full set of nails. And, you know, it's about what you choose to spend your money on, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, a man shouldn't spoil his, his, the woman that he's with. 
But I also want us to be reminded that they're dating. That's the part that I that I'm struggling with with this whole thing. They are dating. And what's important to her seems very, very different than what may be important to him. He seems to have checked all the boxes, right? But we also know that we've all been attracted to a man who we know is broke, right? We know that he's broke, but he checks all the boxes except for the financial box, right? He's tall, he's dark, he's handsome, he's charismatic, and he gives us the attention and the loving that we're looking for, but he's broke. Like he checks every box except for the ambition box or the financial box or the box that says that he can take care of you and provide for you, right? The protecting he might be good at, right? The professing his love he might be good at, but the providing part he might be struggling with. And we've all been with that man that we know is broke, but we stay because he's charismatic and he's tall and he's dark and he's handsome and he checks all of the boxes that people can see. But meanwhile, we're left holding the bag, literally, trying to pay the bills because we just want it to appear a certain way, right? Like, that's not it. And this is what it seems like this is. She's talking about how he's broke, but he's not really broke. It's, I mean, he's bringing in money and you said he has a good job, so he's bringing in good money, but then you said he has debt. So maybe it's that he wants to be debt free and he's paying off his debt and he's not. Now I'm reading more into the story because she didn't say that, but that's what I'm telling you. It doesn't seem like she's focused on the right things. So we know what a broke man looks like. The one that's giving you the good D, but you know, he can't pay not near bill because he don't got two red cent to rub together. Those that's broke. This is giving I am being financially responsible. And if it means that we have to sit home for four months and we're not traveling and we're not doing the things, then maybe that's what it is, right? You also said that he's a homeowner. And you in a video, she said that she's 30 and he's 40. So depending on when he bought this home, his interest rates might be through the roof. Not have anything to do with his credit, but just the fact that, that you, you she said herself that there were issues with inflation and finance in the world, but she somehow can't see this with this man. Like, what kind of conversation are you having? Are you having the conversation of, why don't you take me places? Or are you having the conversation of, what are you doing with your money? Help me understand what your financial process is, right? Girl's not even married to this dude. I mean, I get it, wine and dine and show the best time, but like, also be realistic. So now, according to Jennifer, we are categorizing hardworking men with like tax deducting jobs. I will say that. Like we're not going to categorize, you know, blue collar, white collar with tax deducting jobs. We're categorizing them as broke somehow because social media has given us this idea that we are, we could just have whatever we want. And if we're a woman, then we should just, you know, snap our fingers and men should just throw gifts and trips at us. And we should just be like pampered and living in the lap of luxury. It really seems like based on what Jennifer is saying and based on what I see on social media, and I'm sure that everyone else sees, it really seems that women are out here looking for sponsors. They're not really actually out here looking for a mate. Priorities are twisted. Women are looking for dates that end up making them baby moms. 
rather than looking for practical men that are great fathers. Like, it's so strange to me. Just odd. Because where does this go? He's spending two, three, four thousand dollars on you on a date. Then what happens when you all get married? You think that he, that his income is going to keep up with inflation, and subsequently you all are just going to be living on a yacht somewhere? Like, let's be real. I I know that this is going to be a very unpopular opinion. I promise you, it is, and it's okay. I'm comfortable with it. But. Let me just go back to the reminder of this is this is dating we're talking about. We are not talking about marriage. We are not talking about someone that you took a vow before the Lord. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about someone who is taking you out to see if this is even something that they can see themselves doing for set amount of time. They're taking you out to see if they actually even like you or like who you are or what you're about. Why is there such a financial strain placed on dating? If I were a man, and I really would like to ask women this a lot, right? Like, if you were a man, would you date you? Would you spend what you are asking other people to spend on you just to get to know you? What is it that you're bringing to the table that makes you that desirable for people to want to know you? Like that they're going to spend thousands of dollars and buy you Birkin bags and fly you out to extravagant trips? What makes you that deserving? Is it just the cat between your legs? Because I'm confused because, you know, last I checked, it's women handing that out like cookies. So what makes you think that you deserve this? Now, I'm not saying that we should minimize what our worth is. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is let's be practical. If I'm trying to get to know you and figure out whether I actually like you or not, if you ask me to spend a set amount of money or give me set up trips, I, I probably wouldn't want to get to know you anymore because what you want is my money. You're not actually trying to get to know me. Let's spend a quiet evening inside and see how well we can converse. Let's see what, what we have in common. Going to concerts and flying off on trips, that's not giving that. Going to concerts, you're not talking to each other. Y'all are enjoying the show. Going on trips, y'all are going so that you can wear a cute bathing suit, take a bunch of pictures, and probably hump like rabbits. Neither one of which helps you get to know one another at all. And that's actually the point of dating. I, maybe it's just me. I, I just feel like we should want our future husbands to be wise with their money so that once they marry us, they can wine and dine us and give us this extravagant lifestyle that we're looking for rather than wanting to be with a man who's wasted all his money on impressing internet models. That's all I'm saying. That's, I mean, look, there's a content creator that goes by J-S-T-N-F-R-T-T. I cannot, I don't even know what that says, but I just told you on Instagram, right? And he made a really great point. And his point was about the differentiation between 
you know, what it is that we're saying and what we actually mean. And he was saying like, you know, everybody's talking about, I don't want to date a broke man, but that's not what you don't want to date. So I'm, I'm going to let you hear what he said. And one of the worst pieces of advice that I hear all the time is don't date a broke man. Wrong. Wrong. It's not don't date a broke man. Don't date an uneducated man. For when he is intellectually inferior, he will assert his dominance in other arenas. Let me say that again, because I need to jot that down. When he is intellectually inferior, he will assert his dominance in other arenas. When he can't match your intellect, when he can't match you in conversation, when he can't really debate you, when he can't really offer much to a talk, he will assert his dominance in other arenas. His strength will show up in other places. And those places will be emotional or physical abuse or both. Am I lying? You need an educated man. For an educated man will know how to escape poverty. An educated man has an understanding of patriarchal system. An educated man understands feminism. And an educated man understands how to learn. When you deal with an uneducated man, you're dealing with a man who never had to be a student. You can't teach somebody who has never learned how to be taught. So he ain't going to give you no different, but broke. That's the only thing he could do different for you. But an educated man will get it. Especially for women, y'all are getting degrees at higher rates, which means you're escaping poverty at higher rates, which means you're making more money and it means you're intellectually superior. So if he's not beating you intellectually and financially, where else can he beat you at? So we have women really out here chasing points, literally. They're out here chasing the next good time, the next showering with gifts, the next man that's going to take care of them temporarily. So Really, I feel like what we should be doing, and I know that this is unpopular, but what we should be doing is waiting and positioning ourselves for the educated, God-fearing man to come find us. And I'm not saying waiting like sit home and twiddle your thumbs, because I, as I said earlier, I'm an outside girly. That's not what I'm saying. Position yourself to be in a place where the man that you are actually looking for can find you. And why do you want to make him go broke while y'all are dating so you can end up with a broke man when you're married? I don't understand it. I know, like I said, Nicole, it's going to be unpopular, but as you say, I say what I said. What do you have to say, Nicole? So I'm listening to you. I listen to the clips and I'm just, I'm sort of kind of torn. I, I agree. You don't want somebody to go broke dating you, but you also want to make sure that they understand what you like and they can also afford to date. And I always tell people, sometimes it's not the right time. If you cannot afford to date, sit at home, take the time you need to get your get your stuff together and then date, right? You shouldn't, it's not fair to be broken dating. So it's not that some woman wants you to spend all their money on, on them while y'all are dating as opposed to you married. But dating is definitely an investment. It's an investment of time and money. And if you're not willing to invest, if you don't have the funds to invest, then you got to sit that one out. You can't expect somebody to buy your shares for you and then you reap the benefits. How sway, right? Sit that one out. And unfortunately for the men, this is a, you know, dog chase the cat type environment still. We still expect for chivalry to not be dead. We still expect if you ask somebody out, you are paying for the dinner. None of that 50-50 stuff. 
you're going to pay for the dinner. Those things cost money. And eventually, just going to dinner and talking on the phone is going to get boring. So, yeah, you are going to have to pay for the concert tickets. You may have to be creative in the things uh, that you do and the place that you take us, which may, may take a little bit more money. May not. Depends on how creative you can be. But it is an investment. So, no, nobody wants you to go broke dating. But at the same time, you got to be able to afford to date. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, that first clip about the girl, poor girl, right? She said he checked all the boxes, but did he? Because he seemed real comfortable letting you pay for a whole bunch of stuff. And then she has that follow-up uh, video with all, where she answered all the questions. She's not even with this man anymore. So she's made an investment in something that she has no return on, right? It's like the stock market. Invest at your own risk. Right? Are you a high risk taker? Are you a medium risk taker? Are you a low risk taker? Okay, regardless, you can lose every time. When you win, it's great. When you're gaining, gaining you know, when, you, when you're raising money, when you're generating more money, when you see that stock grow, it's great. But every once in a while, you can turn, you can say, man, I paid $200 a share for this and I have 20 shares. And then all of a sudden you look one day and you're like, oh, these shares are only worth $20 a share. So you've lost, you know, a lot of money in the process of that investment. But that's why most people say stock money is play money. Okay, you can't invest things that you're not willing to lose. But for her, it sounds like she got to the point where she was tired and she was tired of losing. In some kind of way, they are not together now. I think it's one thing to help somebody financially get ahead, but it seems like she was doing everything, okay, everything. And I think that no one in a relationship, no matter if the guy is broke or not, should be doing everything. So she definitely wasn't out to try to gold dig him, but he seemed very comfortable, especially if he's somebody that makes a decent salary. How you going to lean on a woman to get your credit card debt down? Credit card debt that you did not get with me you expected me to front the bill and get in more debt for you just so you can get your debt down. There's something about it that ain't right, Johnny. And I understand um, that if you have somebody that is under financial constraint at the time, when you're dating and you're dating seriously, there are times where you may have to pick up the slack, especially if there's something you really want to do. It's either you're going to do it and you're going to pay for two tickets or you're going to go by yourself. And not have as much fun as if you were to go with him. Everybody's a little bit different with that. I mean, for me, I know I have definitely fronted the, the cost of people I've dated. I fronted the cost of my sister to make sure my sister could be with me in places because I know that it's a better time when my friends are there, right? And you know that if you're going to something that your friends aren't going to be able to afford, like Beyonce tickets, right? You don't want to experience that by yourself. You want to experience it with somebody. So every once in a while, you may have to say, do you want to go or would you go with me? I got us if you want to go, right? 
But that shouldn't be daily necessities like mortgage, rent, the light bill. We shouldn't be leaning on people we date to get those things taken care of and to Janine, not, not consistently anyway. Because to Janine's point, you're not married. You ain't got no papers on this person. This person going to use you up till you dry. And guess what they can do? Walk away. They can walk clean away from you because there are no legal ramifications of or consequences of doing so, right? They can do whatever they want to do and people will treat you not how they want to be treated, but how you allow yourself to be treated. Because I guarantee you, he wouldn't be the person fronting all the bills if you had credit card debt. He wouldn't be doing that. Because nowadays, these men out here trying to get you to go 50-50 when they've been begging for a day for three months, then the bill come in like, oh, we can put on two cards and split 50-50. What? The hell? Yeah, we're in that day and age. So I just feel like, uh, you know, you need to, she needs to definitely put some standards on who she dates and some expectations. I'm not saying that you can't date somebody that makes less money than you, but you definitely need to put some some standards, expectations on the people that you date. And you need to think to yourself, self, this person is doing a lot of venting about how much help they need. Am I going to step up and volunteer to help? Or I'm going to be a confidant and sit there and listen, right? Don't volunteer to do nothing. Just sit there and listen and see what exactly he throws out there. Because otherwise, you may be somebody that is being helpful, but eventually it may be a waste of your time and money if it's something that does not work out. Now, to the point of the second guy, data educated man, I get that. I definitely get that. But I think that education is so broad that you really can't say education based on what a college degree, based on what a PhD, an MD, because you got a lot of people that are very smart, straight smart, and can finagle their way around things and get themselves out of trouble too. So I think the point that he's making is you need to date somebody that's savvy, right? And, and, and this is no knock to people that don't have degrees. If you don't have a degree, you can still be smart and you can be self-educated, but you have to be somebody that is um, a learner, basically a learner, somebody that's not going to just throw something out there and not take the time to look up how to do it or look the information up. There's a difference between people who learn and people who have been in an environment of learning and people who have has not have not. And you can tell that. So he said, you know, they haven't learned how to learn. That's that's some real stuff. Let that sink in. If somebody did not want to pay attention in class, did not understand how to test take, did not understand what they need to do to excel there. You expect them to be able to excel in life like that. And I get everybody has their own circumstances. Big mama was sick. I had to drop out of school because of X, Y, Z. I couldn't go to college because I couldn't afford it. I get that. But it's still, if you're a learner, you have that in you. You have that intuition that's going to make you look it up. You you have that intuition that's going to make you reach out to people for opportunities, right? So you don't have to have a college degree to do that. But the reason he says education, because people that have college degrees have learned, if they didn't know how to do that, they've learned how to network. They've learned how to not wait and look stuff up, right? You can tell people like that. You have a conversation and like, I wonder what da-da-da-da-da is. And you just sit there and wait like, are they going to pull out their iPhone and look it up? Because this is look upable, and this person's asking me and I can, I'm can. i just going to do the same thing they could have done. You can tell those people, the not proactive people, 
you can tell those people, those are the people that get dangerous. You need to run from them because they're going to depend on you for every little thing or be stagnant in one spot. That's very dangerous. So I definitely agree with him on, on most of those because somebody that's very educated shouldn't stay broke forever. Shouldn't. Okay, now broke is relative as well. Okay. So broke to me may not be broke to you, may not be broke to Johnny. So uh, education, yes, is the way to get out of poverty for sure. But again, you know, some people would say, oh, this person has a PhD, they're making $80,000. That's broke. Some people, oh, this person is a doctor, they're making $400,000. That's broke. I mean, that it's relative. It's all relative. So just like beauty is, is in the eye of the beholder, so is uh, said brokenness. It's in the eye of the beholder as well. Um, so I think that both had points. That first one, it just, I felt bad for her because she just seemed so young and so, so, uh, ignorant to the fact that she was literally being used, even though she was younger. Obviously, it says used all over it because the man walked away, didn't ever marry you. You with him for years. So much for that perfect personality, huh? That stick beside him mentality that you had. Hmm. I do think that all, Men need some responsibilities financially to contribute financially, whether that's they're paying for the majority of the dates. They need to be able to contribute and be prepared in some form or fashion while you are dating. And if you didn't make them contribute while you're dating, you're definitely not going to make them contribute when the money is joint. Stop and think. Stop and think. I think that this person was just very naive um, about dating, although she was 30. I wanted to think she was naive, Nicole, but then when she went into the whole, well, I, I sell clothes so that I can buy new clothes or sell shoes so I can buy new shoes. And then I have strip lashes and all of the things that she mentioned are so not necessities. Now, granted, I get my lashes done, but like, if I can't afford to get my lashes done, then I wouldn't get my lashes done. Right? Like if I can't afford to get nails, I don't get nails. I would like to think that I'm reasonably successful. Right. And typically, timing is more the issue than finances, right? But my thing is, if you, what are your priorities? Maybe he's not whining and dining you because he thinks that you spend too much money, right? Maybe it's not, it's not him. Because she said that she wants to go out all the time, but she said that he treats her nice for her birthday and celebrates her on holidays. Like, she was really giving conflicting answers or conflicting opinions about him because on one hand you say that he celebrates you he has his own place he has a great job he has this and his personality is great and on the other hand you're saying that you're wasting a bunch of money because you can't afford to take care of two of you well what is it that you're trying to do because going to a concert is not a necessity like are y'all going out to eat like what's happening what are you all doing i i just I don't know. I think that once we got more details, it was feeling like maybe the priorities were a little off on her part and maybe he was a little cheapo. But again, maybe it's just not for y'all. Johnny, I definitely agree with you. I mean, she definitely did some things that to me, I'm like, are you living check to check to make sure you have like individual lashes? But but again, if that's what she's been doing and that's what she likes, then who am I to judge? But are you really sacrificing the things that you enjoy? For this, for this dude? Like, why? I mean, the part two of her video, which broke down, like, her helping pay for the mortgage and bills, ah, you know, that's that's a bit extreme. Like, you're paying for somebody's mortgage and your house, your name not on the deed and you don't live there? 
that's problematic for me. Like, why are you helping pay this Negro's bills? And why are you sacrificing your $100 nails or $200 lashes for his, like, probably thousands of dollars worth of mortgage? I'm confused. And what was he sacrificing besides meals and taking you out? I, I don't know. Um, it's still not adding up to me. I still think that this guy was an opportunist and he was trying to get ahead. That's that's my two cents on that one. I feel like they both were. I feel like they were both opportunists. And here's the thing. You're not paying anybody's mortgage unless you realize that you did something. Because remember, she said she's, she don't really help people. Remember? Because she said when people ask, I don't really help anymore, right? So my thing is, you weren't really helping, but I feel like she was willing to pay the mortgage because she knew that she asked. Ah, the mortgage and concert tickets are not going to be the same. Okay. This day and age, the mortgage and concert tickets are not going to be the same. She wearing strip lap. Let me not go there. Let me not judge. Let me not judge. Are we ready to talk about some of these letters from our listeners? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, I really love my man, but I feel as if I am carrying the relationship. And it's starting to be exhausting. When we first started dating, we were both working for a government agency in the contracts department. Shortly after meeting, I completed my law degree and then we started dating. A few months after that, I got a job in the legal division of the same government agency. So this meant I received a pretty big pay bump. Because I was able to afford more things slowly, I started to pay for more things in our relationship. Now we've been together three years and I'm paying for just about everything. Now my boyfriend, who really does show me that he loves me, wants us to move in together. Yeah, he gives me massages, cooks breakfast, and sometimes serves to me in bed and compliments me every day and every time he gets a chance. But I feel like us moving in together is a setup for me paying most of the bills. I've been in relationships where I wasn't treated well, but the man paid for most everything. And I know I don't want that either. I want my man because I love the way he treats me. But I also don't want to feel like all the heavy lifting is on me, especially with us not being married or engaged. How can I tell my man I want him to step up financially, knowing that I make three times as much as he does? Do I have unrealistic expectations or should I demand that he pulls his weight? Sign Shatika. Okay, so Shatika, I'm going to just say this. You made this bed. You're going to have to lie in this one, girl. Because you, when you started making more money, you decided to elevate your lifestyle. You didn't have a conversation with him about it, at least not that you told us. You didn't communicate about what was going on. You just said you made more money, and so you started paying for things. If you know that you make three times, I believe is what you said, as much as he does, you already know that he can't afford those things. You pretty much know someone's earning potential when you get with them, right? Give or take. We'll adjust for inflation and we'll adjust for, you know, things that we don't necessarily understand, like pandemics and things of that nature. Right. But we do we do have a general idea of how much someone can make when you get with them. So, you knew when you started paying for said things that he was not likely to be able to afford that. If you have not had a conversation with him about what he is trying to do to elevate himself, you telling him that he needs to make more money is basically just going to sound like nagging to him. And he can go on and be with somebody else and live a lifestyle that's not this lifestyle that you've afforded for him, right? But this is your lifestyle that you've chosen. 
and what you choose to do with your money now that you make this three times as much money as him. That's not his responsibility. You're not paying his bills. And if you are, you probably should stop because as you pointed out, you all are not married. So what I suggest is that if you want to continue on this relationship, you start dialing things back. And if he then wants to continue on the same lifestyle, then he will figure out a way to afford it. Now, if he doesn't, and the lifestyle is more important to you than the man, then you need to move on to someone who can afford your lifestyle. Don't be out here torturing this good, hardworking man because you want to live in the lap of luxury. Find someone who can afford your lifestyle. Good luck doing it, but find someone who can afford your lifestyle. What do you think, Nicole? So a couple things. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, they've been together three years. And my thing is, you're going to have to pick, right? If you're going to be with him and you're not going to be with him. And for me, if I were in the same situation, I would be like, okay, is this somebody that treats me like a queen? And if I ask him to step up, he's going to step up to the best of his ability, which means that if I say, hey, babe, I, um, you know, my bonus got cut. I'm going to be short. Is he going to be like, do you need anything? You know, how can I help you? And maybe say that, like, hey, listen, I'm not going to get paid as much next month. Are you going to be able to help me? Let's see what he does. Okay. So I would test the waters there, but I would also, which could be very telling, but I would also ask yourself, is this somebody you want to marry or not? And if you do want to marry him and you accept everything else, except the finances, then you have to realize, Hey, either I'm going to be okay with floating us some of the time because we're going to be married and we're going to be, we're going to be sharing money at that point, or I'm not. And if he, if you don't want to marry him, then go go move forward, girl. Stop wasting your time because you're investing in something that you are not going to get a return on investment from. Okay. So you said, you know, without us being married or engaged, which makes me think you want to be married or engaged. So I would have that conversation. Like, that's where I'm wondering, like, I'm doing all of this and we're not married or engaged. Why is it taking you three years? Is it that you're paying for the majority of things because he's saving for said ring? Okay. <laughs> that's different. That's different. All right. So maybe have a conversation about like, hey, how do you see us? What do you see us in the next two years? Like, what are your plans for me in my in our future? Let him tell you whether he's thinking about marriage or, oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not thinking about nothing serious or I got a lot going on. I'm not in three years. He should know if he's going to marry you or not. And if he doesn't know because he's too busy, he got a lot going on, he got to get his finances. Then that tells your answer too. you move on. He's not serious. He's wasting your time. Move on, save money, put money in your pocket. But if he's like, you know, babe, I really love you. I'm really, you know, I'm I'm saving for something big, but you know, rest sure I do want to marry you. And you feel in your heart, you really want to marry him and that he's really trying to marry you and trying to get the resources together, then stick beside him because it sounds like everything's great, except for you don't like the fact that you're paying for everything. But when you get married, depending on what your home situation is like, and who has what responsibilities, you may be the person that is pulling in the majority of the bill money. And you're going to have to be okay with it, or you're going to have to date somebody else that's making equivalent or more than you are making now. Okay, my letter is similar, and it says, Nicole and Janine, my man is really starting to upset me. Let me explain. We've been dating for five years, and aside from the fact that five years is way too long to wait for a ring, the biggest issue I have is the way he handles money. 
I work as an account manager for a consulting firm. Sean is a groundskeeper for a golf course. We both make six figures. The issue is he's always broke. And I don't understand. You see, he doesn't have any children, so there's no child support. He doesn't have student loans. He went to school on a full ride. He doesn't even drive a new car. His car is five years old and has been paid off. So I can't understand why he's always broke. He claims that he's putting all of his money into his home, but it's not adding up to me. When we first met, he would wine and dine me and take me to take me on extravagant vacations. And it all of a sudden came to a halt when he bought this house. While I appreciate the fact that he's a homeowner, I don't feel like it's a legitimate excuse for him to stop spoiling me. I love Sean so much and he treats me well, but I want to be spoiled and he doesn't seem to understand that. He is really starting to upset me. How can he suddenly just be so broke, especially when I haven't yet received a ring? While I can't imagine spending my life without him, I feel like if he doesn't start to spoil me again and stop being broke, I may have to move on. Ladies, how can I help my man see that I need to be spoiled because I deserve it? Signed, Kamisha. Kamisha, guess what? This man has been with you for five years. He's not going to marry you. Move on, girl. I'm going to just say it. Keep it short and sweet. Move on. He's not going to marry you. And you're wasting your time. That's number one. Number two, you deserve to be spoiled. Why do people think that they deserve to be spoiled? Okay. You are not this man's wife. Okay. Therefore, to him, you are not the prize. So why do you think you deserve to be spoiled? By him? Now, mind you, I deserve to be spoiled by myself because I work hard, right? And I want to reward myself at the end of the day. So if you deserve so much to be spoiled, spoil yourself, girl. Why are you waiting on some man to spoil you? Spoil yourself and then show him the gifts that you bought yourself to spoil yourself, okay? But I don't think this man really cares to spoil you because he's not doing anything to show you that he's taking you seriously. Five years? TikTok, TikTok, what is taking you so long? I tell you what, I don't think he's very serious about you. So all this like, oh, he needs to spoil me with lavish gifts and he needs to do that, he needs to do that. You sound very superficial and I don't like that. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like the superficialness of it all because you're forgetting the bigger picture and that is that you get into a relationship to love one another, support one another. But it sounds like you are very much so me, 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 me. He needs to spoil me. He needs to treat me like a queen. He needs to do this for me. He needs to do that for me. But he's obviously not because you're not, you're not engaged. You're not married. And it's been five years. Maybe he's pulling back from you. Maybe he's pulling away from you because he's overspoiled with you. Maybe he is like our, you know, the clip that we played in the beginning. Maybe he came to sentences, realized, hey, I'm doing a lot. I'm paying bills. I'm doing, I'm not seeing her pour into me like I'm pouring into her. So I'm pulling back. And maybe that's why he's not spoiling you. But if you want, want and deserve to be spoiled so much, get your money up. Spoil yourself, girl. Because I think all women do deserve to be spoiled. But you don't have to wait for a man to do that. Okay. She's like, you don't have to wait for a man to send you flowers. Send yourself flowers. 
You don't have to wait for a man to send you an edible arrangement. Send yourself an edible arrangement. Do it for yourself, okay? That's how you set your own bar, your own standards. Because if you can do it for yourself, then of course somebody else can do it for you. But you sound sort of kind of, I don't know, it just sounds selfish what you're saying. How can I get him to realize he needs to spoil me again? I think that man's pulling back because he realized maybe he did too much spoiling. Maybe he created a monster. What do you think, Jenny? You know, I feel like it would serve her right if, I feel like it would serve her right if he was really actually saving for a ring and she was like, I'm ready to move on. And really what he's doing is saving for a ring. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why you haven't been married after five years, right? And I'm not going to say that it's it's you. I'm not going to say that it's him. But when you know that you're supposed to marry someone, you know, right? And you do it. It could be this superficial behavior the, is the reason why he hasn't married you yet. Because if you were sitting telling me, well, I need this and I need that and blah, 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 blah. What are you doing? You, you're an account manager at some, like you both make money. Why, why do you feel like you deserve for him to spend his last on you? But you just said that y'all both make six figures. Help me make this work in my mind. So to your point, Nicole, if you feel like you deserve to be spoiled so much, take your six figure check and spoil yourself. When I feel like I deserve something, you know what I do? Well, I call my husband because he's my husband, not my boyfriend. But if my husband is like, no, I don't think that you need that. You know, sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't, maybe I don't need that. But then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I deserve this. And you know what I do? I go and get it myself. Because if you really feel like you need to be spoiled like that, guess what you're going to do? Get the things that you feel like you deserve. I just don't like, to your point, Nicole, I don't like the superficial behavior. I just don't like it in general when these women feel so entitled to men that they are not married to. They don't even have kids together. Like, he doesn't owe you a thing. And if you don't like the way that he's spoiling you, go find somebody else who's just as superficial as you are, and y'all can go ahead and spoil each other. That's what. That's all I'm saying. I just feel like it's, it's just a mess. Kamisha, really? Do you want this man to spoil you, or do you want to have a roof over your head? Or do you want him to rent a house instead? Janine has a lot of questions, Kamisha, and they're not for this. They're not for, what's his name, Sean? They're not for Sean, Kamisha. They're for you. I feel like we might need to go back to the drawing board. It's been five years. Maybe that's why. Just saying. All right, Johnny. So what did you learn new this week? So I learned, um, and I learned this from marketwatch.com. So marketwatch is like one of those survey, like, you know, they survey people for things, right? And Mark, according to marketwatch.com, more than... According to marketwatch.com, more than one in five women, which is about 22% of women, say they wouldn't date someone who makes less money than them. People say that, but okay. But that's only 20%. So I can, I can believe that. I can definitely believe that. Okay, so what I learned, and this is from an article um, from a blogger, OMG Chronicles, and she pulled a lot of data about dating and um, different issues with the labor force, right? And she says, if women, if a woman stays in the labor force and does earn more than her spouse, how does this affect a marriage? And she says that 
Um, in such couples, the surveys show that both the wife and the husband generally report being less happy about the marriage. So meanwhile, you have highly paid women. They said, are they dateable? Okay, because of this, because like, uh, should you even be getting married, right? If y'all are both going to be miserable. So highly paid women are dateable and marriage material as long as they don't make more than their husbands. So the takeaway from this is a woman, if you make more, uh, a lot of money, you just need to find somebody that makes more than you, which we know can be very, very, very hard if you're somebody that makes, you know, over half a million dollars. But now you're trying to find somebody else that makes a half a million dollars plus than you for you statistically to be in a happy marriage. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. All right. So this one comes from Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. And he says, focusing your life solely on making a buck shows a certain poverty of ambition. It asks too little of yourself because it's only when you hitch your wagon to something larger than yourself that you realize your true potential. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.